mercy. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, if you would this morning, I want you to take your Bibles and open to the book of Zechariah. The book of Zechariah. And uh, I'm going to give you a couple seconds to find that. All right. Not a lot of, not a, a lot of messages coming from the book of Zechariah. And then to top it off, I'm going to give you two more books of the Bible to try to find. Right? I also want you to find the book of Ezra. Right? The book of Ezra. And then also the book of Haggai. Yes, that is a book in the Bible, okay? It's right before the book of Zechariah, actually. So Zechariah and Haggai, those are pretty easy. They're right next to each other. We're going to be mainly in the book of Zechariah, but we're going to, we're going to go back to Ezra and Haggai uh, and look at a couple passages as well. So I want you to be able to find those, find those easily. So we're in Zechariah chapter number 8. You say, I thought we're supposed to be in Ephesians, right? Christmas is over. You're supposed to go back to the book of Ephesians. Well, today is the, the last day of 2023, right? And it's the last Sunday of the year. I'm not sure if some of you know this or not, but today is actually an extra Sunday. It's the 53rd Sunday of the year. So we get an extra Sunday to worship God together. Isn't that great? The 53rd Sunday of the year. And... Um, uh, some of you may have saw this as well, but uh, they're probably, well, I can say, I can, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can safely say this, right? There won't be another day like today ever in history. Now, somebody said, well, in a thousand years from now, it could be that. I don't know if anybody's going to be around in a thousand years other than maybe the millennial kingdom. But uh, today, December the 31st of 23, so if you look at those numbers, it's one, two, three, one, two, three. How many of you already knew that? Wow, you guys are so smart. The rest of us are just dumb, I guess. I didn't know that until somebody had to tell me. I was like, one, two, three, one, two, three. That's pretty cool, you know? And uh, so somebody said, well, yeah, it will be in, in 3023. I, like I said, I'm just not sure if anybody's going to be around by then, all right? So uh, who knows? But if you're here in 3023, let us know, okay? All right? So I know most of us here are not going to be. So... Um, but our theme this year has been from the book of Ephesians and uh, chapter 6 and verse number 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Our theme chorus we just sang, uh, be strong in the Lord. It's one of, the, uh, one of my favorite choruses that we've done as a church. Every year we have a, a new theme and most of the time we have a, a chorus that goes along with it. And this is, one of the, uh, this is one of my favorite ones that we've ever done. And um, it's, just, it's just such a, a good meaning there. But we've been going through the book of Ephesians on Sunday mornings, uh, verse by verse, or really going through the book as a study, and we'll continue through the book of Ephesians into 2024, probably just not on Sunday mornings after Vision Sunday, right? Because Vision Sunday uh, will begin a new series, uh, so we'll move the Ephesians series to Sunday night, so we're still going to finish the book of Ephesians, some of you are wondering, are we, are we going to finish? Are you just going to stop? No, we're going to finish the book of Ephesians. It may take us the rest of the 2024 to finish the book of Ephesians on Sunday nights, but we will eventually finish, right? Um, and uh, it's only taken us a year to get through the first four chapters, and now we're in chapter five. There's only two left, so, you know, maybe halfway through the year we might be done by the book of Ephesians. You never know. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll finish that on Sunday evenings. 
But as we, as we finish the year, I thought about going back to the book of Ephesians this morning, but um, as I was reading a passage of Scripture, the Lord just kind of brought this out to me, and I wanted to kind of bring a challenge uh, this morning. And um, as we're finishing the year and looking to a new one, I want to challenge us with something that the Lord told Israel back in the book of Zechariah. So in the book of Zechariah, chapter 8, I hope everybody's there. I've given you about 20 minutes to find it, right? No. Uh, so Zechariah, chapter 8, and if you don't have a Bible, that's, that's not a problem. They'll show the, the scriptures up on uh, the screen as well. But in Zechariah, chapter 8, I want you to read with me in verse number 9. He says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts. Now watch this phrase that he says. Let your hands be strong. Would you say that phrase with me? Let your hands be strong. Come on, say it with me one more time. Let your hands be strong. So notice what he says. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. What does he say? Let your hands be strong. Ye that hear in these days these words by the mouth of the prophets, which were in the day that the foundation of the house of the Lord of hosts was laid, that the temple might be built. For before these days there was no hire for man, nor any hire for beast, neither was there any peace to him that went out or came in because of the affliction. For I said all men, every one, against his neighbor. But now I will not be unto the residue of this people, as in the former days, saith the Lord of hosts. For the seed shall be prosperous, the vine shall give her fruit, and the ground shall give her increase, and the heaven shall give their due, and I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all these things. And it shall come to pass that as ye were a curse among the heathen, O house of Judah, and O house of Israel, so will I save you, and ye shall be a blessing. Fear not, but, notice, here's that phrase again, would you say it with me? Let your hands be strong. So in verse number 9, he begins the verse saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, what? Let your hands be strong. Come on, say it with me. Let your hands be strong. And then in verse number 13, he ends it by saying, Fear not, and then what? Let your hands be strong. I think he's trying to get a point across, don't you? Let your hands be strong. This is a command that God gave to Israel. Let your hands be strong. And as I was reading through this, it just really caught my eye. Not only did he say it in verse number 9, but he said it in verse number 13. And I thought, what does he mean by that? What is, what is God telling Israel here? Let your hands be strong. Of course, as I've been reading through the Bible this year, every time I come across the word strong, because that's our theme, I try to look at the verse. I'm like, what does this have to do with can, does it have to do with anything with our theme? Be strong in the Lord. And then God is telling Israel, let your hands be strong. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning as we look at your word. And Lord, you would help us to allow our hands to be strong. That we would learn from your word this morning what you would have for each of us here. Lord, I don't know every person that's here this morning. I thank you for those that are visiting and being a part of our service. And Lord, you know each heart. You know the ones that are watching via live stream. and Lord, I pray that you would work in every person's heart that would bring honor to you. Lord, maybe there's somebody that does not know Jesus as their Savior this morning. Lord, you would speak to their heart about helping them to understand that Jesus is the only way of salvation. 
Lord, for Christians, as we're coming to the end of the year and looking to a new one, I pray that you would encourage us as we go into this new year to love you more, to serve you more, Lord, to be faithful to you. And Father, I pray that you just work as only you can through your message and through your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let your hands be strong. Let me give you a little bit of a background about what's going on here, and that's why I want you to have your place there in Ezra and in Haggai, because it's going to help us to understand what is taking place here in the book of Zechariah. Remember, Israel has been taken captive, and some of the captives were allowed to return back to Israel. And One of the purposes they were going to return back to Israel was to try to rebuild the temple. They were sent under two men. There was a man by the name of Zerubbabel and Joshua, or Joshua. And these two men had initially began the rebuilding of the second temple in Jerusalem around 536 B.C., right? If you hold your place here, again, hold your place here in Zechariah. Go with me to the book of Ezra, right? Did you find the book of Ezra? The book of Ezra, chapter number 3. In the book of Ezra, chapter number 3. Ezra chapter number 3, notice with me in verse number 8. He says, Now in the second year of their coming unto the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month began Zerubbabel and the son of Shelatiel and Jeshua the son of Josadak, and the remnant of their brethren, the priests and the Levites, and all they that were come out of the captivity unto Jerusalem, and appointed the Levites from twenty years old and upward to set forward the work of the house of the Lord. Then stood Joshua, or Joshua with his sons and his brethren, Cadmiel and his sons, the son of Judah, together, to set forward the workmen in the house of God, the sons of Hanadad, with their sons and their brethren, the Levites. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in the peril with the trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Many of the priests and the Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes wept with a loud voice and many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off. So think about what's taking place here. God's allowing Zerubbabel and Joshua and some of the Levites and the priests to go back, and they're wanting to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. This was a great day for Israel. They've been in captivity. In fact, they're still under captivity. They're still under the Babylonian Empire as captives, but they've been allowed to return to Jerusalem to begin to rebuild the temple. This was such an important place. Jerusalem was important to Israel. And the temple, that was the house of God. This was the place that David had, uh, had uh, built or had uh, prepared for Solomon to build and, uh, and all the things that took place at the temple. And so they're, they're laying the foundation that the Bible says. And again, think about these remnant that had come back from captivity and come back not just to their homeland, but now they're in their, their city, the holy city of Jerusalem. And they have the privilege of beginning to rebuild the temple. This was an exciting day. And the Bible says that they began to rebuild the, the, the foundation. They began to lay the foundation. It just, the emotions just began to be overwhelming. 
right? I mean, people were, man, they were excited. The young people, they were excited. Finally, the temple is going to be rebuilt. And so they're praising God and they're shouting for joy and, and they're proclaiming praise to God for his mercy and everything. But some of the, the older ones, as, as we say in our church here, the wiser society, right? They, they had the wiser society back then too. You know, they had, they had seen the, the first temple and they had witnessed the destruction of it. And now as they see the foundation of the temple being laid again, and boy, the, the emotion that comes, and not only are they rejoicing for joy, but they're also weeping as well. There's just, there's just all emotions everywhere here. There's, there's weeping, and there's rejoicing, and there's laughing, and there's crying. In fact, it says that you couldn't tell if it was the, the weeping and the, the crying and the laughing was for joy, if it was for weeping. I mean, it was just, there were just all kinds of emotions there, right? And so they're rebuilding the temple, They've laid the foundation of it. The problem was that it didn't last very long. This joy, this excitement of laying the foundation of the temple didn't last long. In fact, the building of the temple didn't last long. It was soon abandoned when they were opposed Opposition was brought against them, and they were opposed. If you look in chapter 4 of Ezra, in Ezra chapter 4, notice in verse number 4. Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. So think about this. They've, they've started. This is a, it's a wonderful day. There's so much emotion going on here, right? And this is a great day. The temple is going to be rebuilt. But what happens? There's opposition to what they're doing. The other people of the land that after Israel had been taken captive, others that kind of moved in, they said, hey, we don't want these people back. And we definitely don't want this temple of God back. And so they began to bring opposition. And what happened? It caused them to stop the building of the temple. They stopped it. In fact, they stopped it for 16 years years nothing was done for 16 years that that foundation that had been laid and that brought such joy and tears to people's eyes to the priests and the levites and and the people of israel that joy was gone that joy wasn't there anymore in fact there's opposition now and it was during the during the prophecies of haggai and zechariah that God was using to prompt them to resume the building of the temple here. Again, if you look in Ezra chapter 5, in Ezra chapter 5 with me in verse number 1, it says, Then the prophets Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel even unto them. Then rose up Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel and Jeshua the son of Josedek and began to build the house of God which is at Jerusalem and with them were the prophets of God helping them. So it's been laid waste. Nobody's done anything for 16 years. God uses the prophets Haggai and Zechariah to say, hey, you guys got to get back with it. You got to finish the temple. You've got to finish building. And through them, they begin to start building again. Zerubbabel and Joshua, they get the people together again. They start building. Go with me to the book of Haggai. The book of Haggai. Remember, right before the book of Zechariah. So Haggai and Zechariah, even they're two different books. These are contemporary prophets. They're both alive and prophesying during the same time period. 
And so we have Haggai here. In Haggai chapter 1, it says, In the second year of Darius, the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedech, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. So he's saying, hey, wait a minute, the people are saying it's not time to rebuild it. I mean, look at, look at how it started. Man, it started really good, but then there was opposition, and, and now you're telling us we should rebuild. They're saying, no, 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 no. The time is not now. We don't want to do this. So I want you to go back with me to the book of Zechariah now. Zechariah, because this is kind of where we, we find the picture of what's taking place with Zechariah. Zechariah, God again is using Zechariah and Haggai to encourage the people to finish the work that God had given them to do. So I want you to finish the work. They had one job to do. That one job that they had when they were brought back to Jerusalem was to rebuild the temple. They started it, but they didn't finish it. They started well. They started with joy and rejoicing. Man, everybody was excited. They didn't finish. And as I, began to, as I began to think about this, I thought, boy, isn't this really similar to how Christians are when it comes to New Year's? Right? We make resolutions, right? Now, I'm going to do this in the beginning of the year, and we, man, we're excited about it. I mean, we'll even go out and buy stuff, whatever we need to do. You know, we're going to really do it. But it doesn't last very long, does it? Three months in, four months in, six months in, it's basically done. I wonder why. Why? Why don't we finish what we start? And this is what God was trying to encourage Israel to do. He said, I want you to finish what you start. How do we do that, God? Let your hands be strong. Let your hands be strong. Here's what God is encouraging them to do. He said, I want you to have, be strong through this, right? And, and I want you to look at some things as we come to the book of Zechariah. Yes, we're going to flip back and forth maybe a couple more times. But, but here in Zechariah, I think God helps us to understand what he's saying when he tells Israel, let your hands be strong. And can I, can I encourage you this year? Look, 2023 is over. It's done. I mean, yes, I know we still got about, you know, 13 hours or something left, right? But it's done. 2023 is done. You cannot go back and redo anything in 2023. Can't do it. But I can tell you this. 2024 hasn't started yet. There's nothing in 2024 yet. So what are you going to do with 2024? Is 2024 going to be a repeat? Start well, don't finish. Start well, don't finish. Start well, don't finish. Is that what it's going to be? Is it going to be a repeat? Just how we do it every year, year after year. Start well, don't finish. Start well, don't finish. God says, that's not what I want for you. I don't want you to start well and then finish and don't finish. I want you to start and I want you to keep going and I want you to finish with the, the work that I've given you to do. Now, I understand we're not, the work that we're talking about here, we're not here to build the temple, right? We don't have to build a temple, thank God for that. But there is a work that God wants each of us to do and to finish. 
So I want you to notice a couple things here. How are we able to let our hands be strong in what God has for us? Notice, first of all, they heard the word. Look what he says in verse number nine. Then saith the Lord of hosts. So he says, hey, I want you to know, Zachariah says, hey, God is speaking here. Thus saith the Lord. And then what does he say? Let your hands be strong. This is God speaking Israel. This is God telling us things. Hey, you need to hear what God is saying. You know why many times we don't finish well? Because we stop listening to God. We stop listening. Oh, I'm going to start well, right? We get, we get that goal. I'm going, to, I'm going to read my Bible this year. Every day, I'm going to read my Bible. And what happens? We stop listening to God. We stop listening. We stop reading. We stop going to church. We stop trying to grow spiritually. We just give up. Hey, you know what he's saying? Hey, listen to the word. Listen to what God says. Let your hands be strong. Hear the word. Know what God wants for you. Think about what he's saying. He says, let your hands be strong. And this is what he says. Ye that hear in these days these words by the mouth of the prophets, which were in the day that the foundation of the house of the Lord of hosts was laid, the temple was built. He said, hey, listen to what God has for you. Listen to the word of God. Listen to the preachers. Listen to what God says. Are you listening to what God has for you? We will spend more time listening to what the news says and what the world says than we will what God says. We spend more time listening to friends and what their opinions are and listening to family and listening to all things instead of going back and saying, God, what do you say? God, what do you have for me? Look, they, they, they had started well. They started the rebuilding of the temple. They laid the foundation. It was exciting. The problem was they stopped listening to God. We have to know what God has for us. We have to get in the word of God. We have to study it. We have to meditate on it. We need to grow in it. Man, I I would encourage you. I've already mentioned it, but if you have a family and you have children that they're able to read, I would encourage you, let them start reading through this Bible reading program. Hey, Read a psalm, read a, read a short chapter of, of Matthew or Mark or Luke. Get them involved. Why? They need to know that God speaks to them just as he does to you and me. We, we've taught our children that God only speaks when you're an adult. No, friend. You look at the people that God used. You look at the little maid. You look at the boy that was out keeping the sheep and, and was just a shepherd. You look at all the young people that God used. Man, we need God to speak to our children and our young people. We need our young people and our children to know that God will speak to them if they're listening. Hear the word. He said, are you listening? Are you listening? They had stopped listening to God. They knew what God said, but it didn't matter. They weren't going to do it. Go back with me to the Haggai. Look there in chapter 1 again. He says in verse number 3, Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. God says, Hey, wait a minute. Should you be able to to live in your houses, but yet you've laid waste? You've let the, the house of God go to waste? Who, what's, what's more important, the things that we say are important or the things of God? 
What, what's more important, our life and our plans or what God has for us? You see, they, can, you, can you imagine? They, they knew that the temple foundation was there. They knew it was there, but instead of listening to God and doing what God said, they just ignored it. Walked by it day after day after day. What's that supposed to be? Well, that was supposed to be the temple. Well, it doesn't look like a temple. Yeah, no, we kind of stopped. Is that what God wanted? No, not really. God wanted us to finish it. So why didn't you finish it? Well, you know, I, I, my house over here, my house needed repainting. My, my house, you know, I had to build my house, and, and I had my plans, and I had my desires, and I had my ambitions, and I had my dreams. And what do we do? We focus on self instead of what God wants for us. And we let the things of God lie waste. God said, wait a minute, hold on. You forgot about me. You forgot about what I want. And so many times we go through our lives as Christians and we just go day in and day out and we completely reject and neglect what God has for us. And the easiest way to do that is to stop listening. Stop listening. And this is why he says, look, I'm telling you, listen to what God says. Can I tell you this morning, hearing is not just listening. Hearing is not just listening. Hearing is acting upon it. Everyone can listen with their ears, right? In fact, Jesus says this multiple times in the gospel records. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Well, duh. I mean, we all have ears. We all can hear, right? So why would Jesus say that? Because it's not just about listening. It's not just about hearing what he says, but are we going to act upon it? Are we going to... They knew the temple was there and it hadn't been finished. They knew what God said to do, but they just ignored God. We're not going to do it. Oh, it was exciting at first. But we're not going to listen to what God says. When we hear the word, we find out that the word is for everyone. We understand the word of God is for every single person. It's not just for the preacher. It's not just for the missionary. It's not just for the college student. It is for everyone. Everyone needs to hear the word. Everyone needs to be involved in the Lord's work. I like it when it talks about, man, even those that were young, they were involved. Those that were old, they were involved. Everybody was involved at the beginning. Everybody was involved. All, I mean, everybody was excited. The joy, the rejoicing, the weeping, it, the young, the old, they were all there. They were all involved because they heard the word at first, but they stopped listening. And is it not that true in our lives as well? We hear something and God speaks to our heart. And we're like, all right, Lord, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that, Lord. Yes, Lord, I'm going to do that. And what happens? We do it for a while and then we stop. Why? Because we stopped listening. We stopped really listening. Oh, we heard, but we weren't really listening. Because if we truly were listening to what God says, we would keep going. We'd keep doing it. See, instead, we just choose to ignore it, what God says. If we're going to let our hands be strong, we need to hear the word. May I say number two, we need to endure the challenges. Look, can I tell you this morning, serving God, there are going to be challenges. There's going to be challenges. If you're going to follow God, there are going to be challenges. There are going to be challenges that you face. Look, 2024 hasn't even started. But can I tell you this already? You're going to face challenges in 2024. 
You're going to face them. But what are you going to do about them? Are you going to allow them to let you stop the work? Or are you going to endure through them? Think about what he says here. Look in verse number 10. For before these days there was no hire for man, nor any hire for beast, neither was there any peace to them that went out or came in because of the affliction. For I said, all men, every one against his neighbor. Look about it. You want to talk unemployment? You want to talk about He said there was no work for anybody. I mean, you want to talk about an economic crisis they were having? There was no work for anybody. I mean, they were, think about it. They, instead of being able to be hired out, they were slaves. There, there was no work. There was no building up wealth or anything like that. They were slaves. You couldn't go in. You couldn't come out. He says they were all against each other. There was no peace. Everyone was against each other. Remember what Ezra said uh, was one of the reasons they stopped building the temple? When you go back to to Ezra, he says they stopped because of the opposition of the people of the land. The people of the land saw them start rebuilding the temple. They said, hey, no, 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 we don't want that here. We don't want that temple here. We, we know that temple is the house of God. We don't want God here. We don't want you to build that temple. And so they began to oppose them. Can I tell you something? We live in a land that opposes the things of God. The people of this land care nothing about God. Nothing. They don't care about God. Oh, there's a remnant, there's no doubt. I mean, he's talking to the remnant. He said, hey, you got to get back with it. you got to do it. But he said, the people that are there, the people of the land, they care nothing about God. They're going to oppose the work of God. Look, you just look at our society today. And I'm not trying to be political or anything, but when you go against the word of God, it's not political, it's against God. When you can't figure out that a boy shouldn't go into a girl's bathroom and a girl shouldn't be in a boy's bathroom, you are going against God. The people of the land care nothing about God. Nothing. And you know what's going to happen? When you try to stand, you're like, hey, it's exciting. We're going to build the temple. We're going to serve God. We're going to follow God. The people of the land are going to say, no, you're not. You're not going to follow. We don't want to have anything to do with God. We're going to try to put God aside. We're going to try to stop any work that God is doing. We're going to try to get Christians. We're going to try to make them look at as weirdos and, and racists and all this kind of things. I mean, they are against God. And because you and I, as children of God, are following Jesus Christ, they are against us. So what are we going to do? Are we going to start and be like, hey, this is exciting. We're going to serve God. And then the opposition comes. Are we going to be like Israel? and quit and stop hey look there was economic hard times man things just aren't going well in my job and in my family and finances so you're going to quit you're going to quit on god well man i just it doesn't seem like things are going well in our country so you're just going to quit you're going to quit on god why would we do that because we stopped listening We've stopped listening to God. And we've said, we're not going to endure the challenges that come. Man, the first time challenges come, we just want to throw up our hands like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm not going to church. I'm not reading my Bible. I mean, look at how difficult it is serving God. We just want to be done. God says, that's not what I have for you. That's not what I want for you. 
I want you to finish what you started. I want you to finish. If you go to the book of Philippians, it says, He that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He said, hey, look, if you're saved, you know Jesus Christ is your Savior. He has started something good in your life. He has started something amazing in your life. And he wants you to keep doing it. He wants you to finish it. By the way, the only time that it's done is when Jesus Christ returns. That's when it's done. Either we leave this earth and this body or Jesus Christ returns. You see, this this idiom that he uses, let your hands be strong, is, is an encouragement not just to exert the physical effort needed to build the temple, but to continue to strive. You keep going. doesn't matter what the opposition is. You, you keep moving forward. It means to go on with resolution and perseverance in the work that you have begun, undertaking challenging tasks and persevering until everything is accomplished. We... I don't know where it started, but obviously around the beginning of the year, everybody makes these New Year's resolutions. Nothing wrong with that. You know, New Year's resolutions, right? I think the number one New Year's resolution everywhere, every year is, guess what? I'm going to lose weight, right? Because they just got done with Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's, and it's like, man, I'm so fat. I need, to get, I need to lose some weight, you know? So that's number one, right? Number one. And that lasts for about a day and a half, you know? Um, <laughs> And they were like, boy, those cookies that were made back at Christmas time, and that pie that's sitting in there, that still looks so good, and, and that ham, and yeah, yeah, forget the resolution. We're just going to eat, right? We make resolutions. Again, there's nothing wrong with making resolutions. But the purpose of making a resolution is you have an end goal. You have an end goal. There's a goal to it. Right? Nobody just starts and says, you know, I'm just going to go on a diet. There's an end goal to it. They usually say, oh, I want to lose five pounds, or I want to lose 10 pounds, or I'm going to lose whatever, right? There's a goal to it. Stopping any time before you reach that goal means you've quit. You set a goal, didn't do it, you didn't reach it, right? We make New Year's resolutions. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this with my family. I'm going to do this in my personal life. I'm going to, do th- I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to be at church every Sunday. Uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Whatever they are. And please understand, there's nothing wrong with making those resolutions. But I wonder if we make them without ever actually contemplating the end result. Why should you be in church every Sunday? Uh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Can I tell you, you're not going to last. Why should you read your Bible every day? Well, because you've got a Bible reading program and now we have to read it every day. You're not going to last. You see, you have no goal. There's no, there's no end point. There ought to be a purpose in what you're doing. If you think just coming to church is just to come to church so that you can be able to fill a seat or, or just act like a Christian, you're here for the wrong purpose. If you think reading the Bible is just so you can check it off on a daily thing and be like, okay, I did my Christian duty, I read my Bible today, it's the wrong purpose and it's not going to last because challenges are going to come up. Things are going to come up. You're like, oh, you know what? I don't have time to read my Bible today, and I don't really want to read my Bible today. And finally, it's going to be like, I don't even know where my Bible is. 
because we're not willing to endure through the challenges. Because we're not really listening to what God says. God says he has a work for us. There's a work that we are to do. And that's why he says, let your hands be strong. Keep going. Endure. Don't quit. Know what God's work is for you. Know what God has for you. And you keep doing it until it is finished. You keep building that temple. Don't just lay the foundation. Build the walls. Build the ceiling. Put the furniture in. Finish the work that God says to do. But the only way we can do that is if we hear his word and we endure the challenges. This is what Paul was saying in Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 14 when he says that he, he is striving to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I have a goal. There's a goal and I'm not going to quit until I reach that goal. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to let anything hinder me. I'm going to keep going. Hey, did Paul suffer some challenges and some persecution and some difficulties along the way? Yes. But he said, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep going. He knew what the goal was. Jonathan Edwards was an early American preacher who had a very famous message entitled Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And when Jonathan Edwards would preach this message, the Holy Ghost was just upon him so much that... Um, just as he was preaching the message, and Jonathan Edwards was uh, not like this crazy preacher up here that walks all over the place and things, but Jonathan Edwards would basically stand right behind the podium, and he would read his message very monotone. They said that he did not have much expression at all. He would just read his message. I could not do that. <laughs> I hate standing behind the pulpit, right? I don't just walk because I enjoy it. I walk because it actually helps me to think, and that's why I walk so much, right? Um, but I could not just stand behind this pulpit and just read the, the, the message. That'd be very difficult for me to do. There's all different kinds of preachers, right? But he would stand behind the pulpit, and he would just read the message very monotone. And just as he was reading his message, the Holy Ghost would convict people. And just during the message, people would be coming to the altars to be saved. And this is what he said. He made two resolutions in his life. And these were the two resolutions that he made. Number one, I will live for God. And number two, if no one else does, I still will. That was it. Two resolutions he made for his life. I will live for God. And if no one else does, I still will. What resolutions have you made for your life? Oh, not just for 2024, but I mean for your life. Have you made that resolution as a Christian? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Say, yes, I know I'm saved. I know I'm, I'm going to heaven, been Christian. Have you made that resolution to say, I will live for God no matter what anybody else does. I know the work that God has for me to do, and that is to live for him and to glorify him. And so no matter what challenges come, I will live for God. That's his desire for you. That's the work that he wants you to do. You say, well, what if nobody else does? That's the thing. There are going to be some people that don't. Are you going to quit? 
There's going to be others that will fail you. There are going to be others that will offend you. There will be others that will disappoint you. Is that going to make you quit? Or will you have that resolve to say, I will serve God. No one else does. I still will. He endured the challenges. God is telling Israel, you've got to endure. Let your hands be strong. Keep going. Why? Because when we hear the word and we endure the challenge, notice we receive the blessing. Look in verse number 11. But now I will not be unto the residue of this people as in the former days, saith the Lord of hosts. For the seed shall be prosperous, the vine shall give her fruit, and the ground shall give her increase, and the heavens shall give their due, and I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all these things. God says, hey, let me tell you something. If you will listen to me and you will do the work that I've called you to do, and even though there are going to be challenges and even though there's going to be disappointments and people are going to disappoint you and fail you and discourage you, if you will keep going, you'll receive the blessing. You'll receive the blessing. Notice, he talks about two blessings here. There's a physical blessing here that he's mentioned. The physical blessing, he said, I'm going to make your crops to grow. I'm going to, I'm going to let the rain come. And, and, and you think about what God did through the judgment. They would plant and they would have nothing to eat. The, the, the rain would come and nothing would grow. I mean, it was like God was against them. I wonder why. But he said, I'm not going to do like that like I did before. Now, he says, if you'll listen to me, if you'll hear my word, and you'll endure, and you'll keep going, and, and let your hands be strong, he said, I will bless you. I'll let your crops grow. I'm going to let that rain come, and it's gonna, your, your crops are going to grow, and, the, and your cattle, and they're going to produce, and all these things. And God says, I'll bless you physically. Now, please, do not, do not misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel here. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying if you decide I'm going to follow God and you be faithful, then God's going to bless you and to become a, a millionaire in a year. That is not what I'm saying, right? If you do, though, we'll, I'll still take your tithe as a church, right? No, no problem there. That's not what I'm saying, though, right? But God is saying, hey, if you will follow me, and if you will endure even when there are difficulties and challenges, if you'll be faithful, and God said, hey, I'll take care of you. I'll watch out for you. I'll make sure that you have what you need. There will be those physical blessings that only God can bring. We go through life so often lacking. We lack. We lack the physical blessings. Why? Because we're not listening to God. And when God tells us to do something and we start it. Amen. As soon as that first problem comes, we bail. We're out of here. God says, no, no, no. If you want me to bless you, if you want my blessing, be strong. Let your hands be strong. You keep going. You endure. There will be physical blessing, but notice also there is spiritual blessing. Look in verse 13. And it shall come to pass that as ye were a curse... Among the heathen, O house of Judah and house of Israel, so will I save you, and ye shall be a blessing. Fear not, but let your hands be strong. Remember what God said originally when God told Abraham? He said, Abraham, I want you to leave Ur of the Chaldees, and I want you to go into a land that I'm going to call you and guide you to. And Abraham left, and God tells Abraham, those that bless you, I will bless Those that curse you, I will curse. 
You stand with Israel, God says, I'll bless you. You turn against Israel, God says, I'll curse you. Thankfully, right now, our country still, at least in word, stands with Israel. But can I tell you something? You better watch out when our country turns against Israel. God says, I'll curse you. We have experienced God's blessing on this country because, I believe, of standing with Israel. That doesn't have to last forever. You turn against Israel, God says, I'll curse you. But God also told Israel something. God says to Israel, I'm going to bless those that bless you. I'm going to curse those that curse you. But God also says to Israel, if you do what I say, if you follow my commandments and you follow me and you let me be your God and you'll be obedient to what I say, I will bless you. But if you don't, God says, I will curse you. You see, the, the blessing and the curse is not just for those on the outside. It was also for Israel themselves. Oh, those that blessed Israel, God would bless. Those that cursed, God would curse. But God says, Israel, you better pay attention too because how you respond to me determines how you are blessed. If you choose to turn away from me and you disregard what I say and you follow after other gods, he says, Israel, you will be cursed. Watch what he says. It shall come to pass that as ye were a curse among the heathen, O house of Judah... And house of Israel, so will I save you, and ye shall be a blessing. There's a spiritual blessing that comes with being obedient to God. Not only do we get to see the work of God accomplished, but we get to see others come to know Jesus Christ through that work. As we are obedient to God, God will use our life and our testimony and the lives of other people to help them to see that there truly is a real God whose mercies are new every morning, who is greater than the darkness of our sin, and who is willing to have us come to Him and to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and to give us that gift of eternal life. You see, friend, how, how is the rest of the world going to know about God if you and I who know him are not obeying him, if we're not being obedient to him? And friend, maybe you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe you're saying, well, I, I hope I go to heaven. You know, I've, I've tried to do some religious things, and maybe I was baptized, or maybe I joined a church, or I've tried to be good. Friend, can I tell you something? According to the word of God, none of those things can save you. None of those things. You said, but my religion said this, or my, my pastor said this, or my grandma said this, or my family said this. Friend, who are you going to listen to? Them, or are you going to listen to God? God says there's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There isn't two ways, or three ways, or four ways, or one and a half ways there is one way, and that is through Jesus Christ and Him alone. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, friend, can I tell you, you can know Jesus. You can have that personal relationship with Him, but it's only through Jesus Christ. You know Him? Friend, if you do, here's what God says. Let your hands be strong. Let your hands be strong. Listen to what God says. Endure the challenges. Then you can receive the blessings. 
Look, friend, I don't know what 2024 is going to hold for your life. Some of you may be amazing. Some of you may not be. Some of you may go through health challenges in 2024. Some of you may go through loss in 2024. Some of you may go through disappointment. Some may go through loss of a job. I don't know what you're going to go through. But can I tell you this morning, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let your hands be strong. Let your hands be strong. God has a work that he wants you to finish. God used Haggai and Zechariah to encourage the people to finish building the temple. This was the second one. Encourage them to rebuild it, to finish the work that God had given them to do. Will you finish what God has given you to do? Not just for this year of 2023, not for 2024. No, no, I'm talking about for your life. Will you finish what God has you to do? I wonder if their heads bowed and their eyes closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking about. Friend, maybe you're here this morning, and you would say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm saved. I'm not sure if I died where I would go. I hope I, hope I would go to heaven, but I'm just, I don't think I'm 100% certain that I would go to heaven. And friend, if that's you this morning, I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out, but I would like to pray for you this morning. If you say, Pastor, that's me, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure. If there's any doubt in your mind, friend, you're not 100% sure. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I died where I would go. Would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? Nobody else is looking about. Just, Pastor, would you pray for me? Just slip it up, put it right back down. Nobody else is looking about. Pastor, pray for me. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure. But I would sure like to be 100% sure. Just slip it up and put it right back down. Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray for you this morning. Pastor, pray for me. Just slip your hand up and put it right back down. And Christian, can I ask you this morning? We have a work to do. But have we, have we been like the Israelites? They started the foundation, but they quit. Oh, maybe it was economic problems, social problems, opposition, whatever the excuse was, they quit. Whatever the excuse might be in your life. You say, you know, Pastor, 2023, I just, I don't think I did what God really wanted me to do. I don't think I fully used the time that I had in 2023 for what God wanted me to do. I didn't finish what God wanted me to do in 2023. And I know I can't change that. But Pastor, God has spoken to my heart this morning. And I want to let my hands be strong. I want to listen to his word, to what God has for me. And I want to be able to endure when the challenges come. That I might be able to receive that blessing and finish what God has for me. You say, Pastor, God spoke to my heart this morning. Would you slip your hand up and say, Pastor, pray for me. Yes, God bless you. God bless you all over the building. Pastor, pray for me. God spoke to my heart. I don't really feel like I, I finished 2023 the way God would want me to finish. What are you going to do in 2024? 
There's nothing in 2024 yet. It starts tomorrow. Will you listen to the word? Will you endure the challenges that will come? Be faithful and finish the work that God has for you. Let God bless you through what he has. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning. The piano is just going to begin playing softly. Friend, if God spoke to your heart this morning, maybe you need to come. If you raise your hand and say, Pastor, God spoke to my heart. And God's wanting you to respond. God wants you to respond to what he has for you this morning. So many Christians start the work and quit. Already, maybe some of you said, you know, I'm going to start the year different. That's good. I'm glad you're going to start the year different. But are you actually listening to what God has for you? Are you going to endure the challenges that will come? Are you going to quit when there's opposition, disappointment, discouragement? Or will you let your hands be strong? Will you be like Jonathan Edwards and say, I will serve God. And if no one else does, I will. Will you live for him? Let your hands be strong. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, the challenge that you gave to Israel, that we would heed that challenge to let our hands be strong. Lord, that we would listen to what you have for us through your word, through your Holy Spirit. Lord, that we would desire to finish the work that you've given to us to do. Lord, challenges are going to come. We know it. Disappointment's going to come. Discouragement's going to come. Lord, help us to endure. Help us to keep moving forward. Let our hands be strong. That you might bless through our lives that the work of God would be accomplished through us. Father, we pray for those this morning that raise their hands. I pray that you'd work in their hearts and lives. Lord, this year that we would be a, a greater testimony for Jesus Christ. Lord, I believe there's probably some this morning you're speaking to their heart and they're fighting. They're fighting it right now. They don't want to surrender to you, God. Lord, I pray that you would help them to realize that serving you is really the only important thing that we can do as a Christian. You would break their hearts. 
Lord, that they would listen to your word. Let their hands be strong. Father, I pray you just bless the rest of the service. Lord, bless tonight. Bless as we begin a new year tomorrow. We would look to you. Lord, we would be able to see great things accomplished for the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.